It was great to have Bo Simon on the Real Guy podcast, an impressive 18-year-old young man who felt compelled to run for the Broward County Soil and Water Supervisor. A good new look at the new generation, today on the Real Guy podcast. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. All right, thanks for uh, coming into the Lunker Dog Studios. I have Bo Simon in here today. And the reason I invited Bo into the Lunker Dog Studios is because he's a young man. He's 18 years old, and he's running for District 5 Soil and Water here in Fort Lauderdale, Broward County. Yes. Uh seat and um some people actually uh asked me they took a picture of the ballot and they had your name on there and who you're running against and they asked me jeff what do you think and i didn't know anything about the position that you're running for and um, at that point i went ahead and learned a little bit what i could and then uh i put it on my social media simply a picture of the ballot and what the person was asking about. And I said, what's the skinny? And I started to get a whole bunch of comments. And um, that's when I reached out to you on Messenger and said, hey, would you like to come in for, for an interview? So um, at 18 years old, what, uh, what's your motivating factor for trying to take the seat? Right. So I was kind of looking at it as um, I was refreshing the page on the supervisor elections website. I said, we need someone new in this seat because there has been a lot of mismanagement that's happened in this district which is probably why a lot of voters don't know about it and that's why unfortunately people have to post their ballots on Facebook and have to go hunting down for all this information is because usually the seat goes unopposed and then it becomes an extra layer of government that people always forget about mm-hmm. um, and the district itself has been bankrupt for the past 10 years and so I sit back and look as a resident and I was waiting for someone to kind of come in and you know change this district and then someone told me well why don't you do it yourself you can't just sit back and you know get mad about it and I was like you know everything's political and it's a little hard to do that when you have to run in a countywide election for a seat but you know I told myself that I want to do right by our residents and that it's a big disservice what's going on in that district so that's why I'm running okay now what would um Taking that seat over, what would be your number one goal once you got in there? Right. Going to Tallahassee. That's where all the money comes from. Um, I'm a part-time resident in Leon County. Um, I'm up in Tallahassee. I go to school there. So I spend most of the time in the district, and then I'm there up in school in Tallahassee. So the legislature is approving all these expenditures coming for soil and water districts. So we need someone there lobbying for us to make sure we're getting the money in the next cycle. So in 2021, I want to have us having bills being put on the floor of the legislature, getting us that money and getting the money from the commissioner of agriculture and then getting money for the governor to sign off on and having money that we can then do the projects that we preach about without having to dip into our own pockets. Okay. Now, did um, you grew up here in Broward County though? Yes, I grew up in Weston. Okay, and you went to high school out in Weston? Yeah, I went to Cypress Bay High School. Okay, and then you're going to school now in Tallahassee? Yes. Okay, very good, very good. And this being the first day of uh, voting, how did your morning look? 
my morning took a turn that I did not want it to take. Um, so I have all my signs out. Me and my campaign manager, we just got hundreds of signs to go put out across the county, which have been super awesome. So today I was in um, at my fourth location. I was at the Davie uh, Cooper City Library, and um, I ran into a pothole. I couldn't get my tire out. And so that was a rough start to my morning, but I did learn something. Um, people, even in an election cycle, a very heated one, people are, we're Americans and we come together when we need to. And the amount of people from both sides of the aisle stopping off saying, hello, how are you? Can I help you? Can I help pull you out? It was just really nice to see that people are still um, coming together in such a divided time. And one lady actually brought me coffee and a donut and said, I was waiting on the tow truck and she was like, I was just thinking about you. It must have been, you know, one hell of a morning. I was like, thank you so much for this. Someone who is on a different side of the aisle than most people still had the humanity to go ahead and do that. So I think that the lesson I learned this morning was that no matter who you vote for, what you think, we're all still Americans and we all still care for each other. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, I think the, um, I think, you know, digital media and then um, the spinoffs from what they get from the national media and it's just a recipe for conflict. Yeah. And then when people see people face to face and actually talk to them and hear them, um, it all goes away so quickly. Yep. And I'm really glad to hear that happen this morning. The, um, growing up here, were you like big into the outdoors or anything like that? So my dad has a boat, so we always, he used to go out fishing. I'd always fall asleep halfway through, which right. is why I get so pink so easily. Um, so always in the outdoors, the city of Weston borders the Everglades right. on two sides of the municipality. So always in the Everglades, always going with my family to the national park. And one of my favorite things to still do today is visit national parks. Um, when I'm up in Tallahassee, I go to Wakulla. Wakulla Springs, which is the neighboring county to Leon County, and they have a really awesome national park where manatees just swim right up to you. There are alligators that you could see visibly, and you can swim in the waters, and it is really awesome. So I'm really um, someone who thinks that the environment is a really important thing to grow up around, especially when you live in somewhere where we're urban, but we also have to stay true to our roots and know that we are in the Everglades and we are bordering the ocean. Right, right. Now being 18 years old, um, it's a little bit different because a lot of the people that I interview talk about the old days, you yes. know, and how much fish there was in the old days and how many mm -hmm. birds there were in the old days and how the beach was in the old days. But you being 18, you don't, you hadn't experienced the old days. You're only taking it in from the older people like me. Now, what goes through your mind when, I don't know, these sewage spills happen, these bacteria levels go up, and not only, you know, is it, is it, is it devastating the wildlife and the, um, the marine wildlife especially, but what goes through your mind when the signs go up and they say we can't even swim in the water that we have here? Um, well, really what goes through my mind is why don't we do something sooner? I think we see a lot of politicians get there when it's too late and then say, 
we're going to do something about it. Well, why didn't you do something about it before? We know these things are happening. We have scientists and we have people out there testing water levels, testing climate change, all these different things that they're doing, oil spills, completely preventable things that if we were to take that time and go ahead and, you know, work towards a better tomorrow, that we wouldn't have to have a big press conference on the beach because a bunch of dead fish washed up. And I think that these things are almost preventable at some times. Sometimes, you know, Mother Nature happens and you have to let nature take its course. But a lot of the things that we see, whether it be oil spills or chemical leaks or, you know, sewage infrastructure blow ups. Exactly. <laughs> those things are very preventable. Right. And the fact is we wait too long, even though when the information is in front of our face and then we mix politics with the environment. The environment should not be a political issue. I think that, you know, when you have two sides of people saying, well, I think this about the environment, I think that about the environment, that's not at all. Right. No one is going to say that they want manatees to be struck down by boaters. No one is going to tell you that they want to see a sewage leak in the ocean. No one will ever tell you that. But we hear all these big issues, these national issues that people take sides on, but in reality, all the problems in the environment are happening at the local level, and the problem is that we are allowing, whether it be a city commissioner, a mayor, a city manager, we are allowing them to make that decision without any um, kind of factual knowledge about what's going on. Right. So that's the biggest problem is that we are allowing our municipalities to build over the environment and then expect the environment to be kind to them when they aren't being kind to the environment. All right. That's pretty well versed there. One of the things that, um, that I learned, um, in the last 10 months, because I made a lot of effort to go out to our city's officials here in Fort Lauderdale. I also, went way out of my way to do a lot of interviews with what they would call environmental experts. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to learn as fast as I can um, what would make the process better, easier. Um, and the thing that I, well, I guess the thing that struck home to me, looking back at all the different people that sat in the local level seats, infrastructure, which was the main killer for our waterways in the last five or six years. Now, overdevelopment and some other things that have happened over the years, of course, has not helped. Water flow coming from the Everglades is totally screwed up, and there's a lot of, a lot of factors. But the one preventable factor, like you said, is infrastructure and sewage. And the priority until now just wasn't there. Do you have any idea at all or could you explain that at all, how that priority could not be there? People didn't start caring until the sewage was reaching their doorstep, until the pipes bursted, which was a preventable thing because the city knew that it was going to happen at some point. Right. They knew that when you invest in cheap infrastructure, it's not going to be there for the long run when you take an easy way out, which is why our cities need to be working with um, local government like the soil and water board to be getting that better infrastructure and everything revolving around infrastructure and building all relies on the foundation and what you put under the ground and what you are building on top of so when you're building on top of something that's very close to sea level and you're putting things that will erode with 
down the line 50 60 years of course you are now going to start seeing those sewage spills coming up through the gutter so and then people don't take up the issue because they want to sweep it under the rug until it starts affecting the residents you hit it right on the head and this is um kind of my take on it too you know i've looked at the different politicians that i've been there that have been in there all and tons of them you know commissioners mayors county managers all these different positions and just a vast vast amount of people that are supposed to be working on these types of issues and to stay on top of it but the core problem is the voters the people that live here out of sight out of mind you know what i mean they don't look they don't they don't look to the future you know what i mean they wait for the problem and then they blame it on politicians and parties and this that and the other and then of course the politicians and stuff take it and run for their own personal use because of hot topics and that kind of thing but there's no better place to look than in the mirror and that's the word that i'm starting to spread through Fort Lauderdale, through the state of Florida, through all coastal communities, is it starts with the voter. It starts with the resident. It starts with the people that love the water. And if you're quiet, or you don't pay attention, or it's not a priority for you, then it'll never be a priority for the people that are in office. Now, do you see people's priorities changing in the last, call it 12 months? Yes, 100%, especially in the Fort Lauderdale community where you are now being affected more by the Everglades and what's going on under the soil. Um, when you see what's going on at the beach and then you see what's literally at your doorstep now, um, of course you're going to now take up that issue because voters and simple people, normal people, anybody doesn't think about an issue until it directly affects them which is why it's amendments come back and get passed and different things happen at different points in time. When you go back 50, 60 years, nobody was thinking about these things when they signed those deals. Mm -hmm. They were thinking about how can I get the best deal for the city and how can we build up Fort Lauderdale to what it needs to be. And Fort Lauderdale's one of the, I think it's the oldest, correct, in Broward County right next to Dania Beach? Yes. So when you have cities like Weston or Parkland, they're going to be facing the same issues in 50, 60 years down the line. So this isn't an issue that's just going to affect Fort Lauderdale. It's an issue that's going to affect Broward County because everything at some point is going to break unless you continuously invest in it. So if the city of Fort Lauderdale was investing in the sewer system, you know, maybe once every 10 years they put it in the budget or maybe, you, you know, however they wanted to do it they were continuously looking at the sewer system throughout the years the system probably would have lasted you closer to 100 to 150 years because you continuously maintain it right so when city officials look the other way because it's either not in the budget or they think something else is more important or they don't want to fear their re-election campaign is in danger because they took up a issue that wasn't a hot topic at the time but now is now they're being forced to talk about it because we're in election season right if this happened in 2021 they would you know put it under the carpet until 2024 now they have to come to the forefront and say what is important to the voter i don't want sewage at my front door right so that's the problem so people's mindsets are definitely changing because something is now directly affecting them okay now let me play devil's advocate well no first let's talk about the guy you're running against 
Yes. Okay, because I'm not familiar with him either. Okay. But he's been in there a while. Is that? I believe this is his eighth year. His eighth year. And you looking at the guy that you're running against, is there anything that in the last eight years that that guy can hang his hat on and say, hey, I was able to do this? Or do you see something that he completely failed on? What's your take on your opponent? So I never like to talk ill about anybody. I think my opponent is a very genuine, good guy. And um, we've spoken before, and he is he's a good person. But we don't need a good person. We need someone who is ready to you know, take the bull by the horns. And no job is beneath me. If I have to get down there and test the water level myself, I will. We need someone whose main priority is going to be this district. For too long has this district been neglected. Ten years ago, this district signed a contract that bankrupted it. That contract was up two years ago. If I can't get this job done in four years, vote me out. We need money. We need to be reinvesting in our cities and our residents, and we have done a complete disservice to them by not doing that. I say every candidate is your new employee. Look them over. Read their resume. Your vote is you hiring them. And if you can't hang your hat on something on your resume, then why should you be rehired for the job? So that is what I think. And we don't have another four years to waste because the environment changes daily. There are problems that are literally affecting what's going on in the road right now, whether it be erosion or things are caving in. Those problems need to be addressed sooner than later. This election, I would have preferred that this board be an appointed board that doesn't have any political affiliations because when you put politics in the environment you're creating almost the worst possible storm you could have and i think that's the problem so um i'm really i'm not that much of a political person when it comes to the environment and taking a side but i think that i told my opponent i don't want to have to do this in opposition i said we should do this together because we both want what's best for the county. Um, didn't like that idea, so now we're here, waiting till for November 3rd to see how this district will change. <laughs> yeah, the, um, and that's interesting because um, I think that's just the way I'm voting from now on. I'm not going to look personally at the candidate. I'm just going to look at what's actually happened in the last decade and then put somebody new in there because we have failed on all cylinders, not just in Broward County, but also in Dade County. And I really hope that we can get this thing turned around because I don't want to see the other small coastal communities, which we once were, follow the same footprint that we laid out. And you see the same exact thing happening to these smaller communities where their growth rates are so fast. And it's something that Florida um, is way more unique in Florida than most places around the country. And I don't see the growth rate stopping. Yes. So I think these small communities need to learn from the mistakes that Broward and Dade County especially have made. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, vote for new people that will embrace that yes and i always say look if they do a good job they do a good job and then they deserve the re-election but 
we need to be watching our elected officials and make sure they're doing the right thing, what's good for the residents, regardless whether it be party affiliation or just personal agendas. It needs to be what's right for the residents. And you, what you said about up and coming communities is completely true. You guys are neighbors with Oakland Park, Wilton Manors, Lauderdale by the Sea. Those communities are going to be following in Fort Lauderdale's footsteps and they are constantly building. So they also need to be aware of what's happening, what's going on underneath them, then looking up. Same thing. I grew up in Weston. Um, when Weston was first founded, I think they had less than 5,000 residents, and that included Bonaventure. Um, it was purely just a small development district. Today, um, Weston is home to 80,000 plus residents right. and constantly growing, not to mention the census, which we should have the results from that coming up. We are now going to see how much we've grown. And that being said, there's going to be a big change to see if Broward County will continue to get bigger. And we're going to expand all the way out west because we still have a lot of land left in this county. I would say only 30% of our land is taken up by cities and the rest is purely reservation. So we need to make those decisions of whether we are going to move out west more and expand and make new cities or are we just going to continue building here in Fort Lauderdale or on the east side of the county because that's what's popular because you know beachfront property sells better so we really need to start having those deep conversations and understanding the future of this county and if we are going to continue building out here out east we need to be looking down under before we start building up and the same thing goes if we start building out west right right i think the um i think one of the most important factors in making anything happen any any positive change in the environmental issues is education i think so many people one of course don't hold it as a priority which now is changing and two are trying to educate themselves as fast as possible and it's extremely confusing and it's hard. What would be your advice, especially for younger people? Because older people are kind of set in their ways, but what would be your advice on how these kids, how the new taxpayer can get educated on environmental issues? Right, and I like to say this, you should be learning every day. Everybody learns something new every day. Um, nobody knows everything so if you want to get in touch with environmental issues walk outside they're happening all around you whether it be the new types of lizards you're seeing running across the ground or the sewage coming up to your front door those are all environmental issues um this county in fact has had a big change in t scenery of wildlife like i just said we have iguanas now which weren't here years back right. there were no ring-tailed lizards running around and it's all because we're continuing to grow and people are bringing over new things whether it be from south america canada and we are becoming more culturally diverse so the environment changes around us too so when you put in a bunch of different cultures together we also have to learn to adapt to each other's environment because wherever you are in the world you're going to walk outside and you're going to see a different type of tree right wherever you are in broward county you're going to walk outside and see a different type of tree because we are a very diverse county and it's great and i think it's one of the best things that we have to offer and it's what makes us so unique but as we continue to do these things and grow in diversity we also need to learn how to take care of your neighbor's mango tree 
when they're not home or when you need someone to take care of your ficus. Nobody knows how to take care of the same plants. So the best way to educate yourself is talking to your neighbors, talking to your friends and saying, well, what are you growing in your backyard? How does that work for you? Talking about different ways that you can contribute to composting or different ways that you can recycle better. Like for example, I didn't know that when you recycle, you are supposed to take the cap off the water bottle. I didn't know that either. Yes, those are not recyclable. Okay. Um, and it helps better when you crush the can before you put it in the recycling bin. So if you don't have a can crusher, you could step on it with your shoe. Um, simple things like that is the best way to learn about the environment and then to walk outside and look around you. We're not like North Florida where there's only one type of tree and it's everywhere. We have different plants, different trees, different environmental standards that are all cohabiting together here in South Florida. So I think the best place to learn about the environment is right here in Broward County. So you should basically help translate for the real guy. He's saying get out of the air conditioner. Quit staying inside all the time and go out and experience Pretty the much. environment. And then look into and learn what it is that you see. You know, I never broke it down that fundamental. You know, I always get a little bit more complicated. But I see, I see different people out there. There's one dude, I wrote down his name. Actually, I wrote down his, his, his company. It's called the Eco Preservation Project. And this is a guy um, who's in his mid-40s, and he's an extreme outdoorsman. And I'm not sure how he did it. I'm going to call him up and try to get him up on the podcast also. But he's wiggled his way in where he teaches the young, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth graders, people in high school. And um, I'm not sure how he's doing it. I really am curious to find out. And I would love to see people mimic his model. But long story short is he's getting in front of the people at schools, at day camps, at uh, camps. And he's getting in front of the youth and he's teaching them about how the environment works here in Florida. I would like to see that way more, and I'd like to see it as, how do I say it, as something that people in, in office would like to see grow. So I completely agree, and so I handed you a little card, but I'm endorsed by our teachers union and four of our school board members out of a nine-person school board. I've been having this conversation with them. Mm -hmm. What can we do differently in our schools? Because sometimes kids just aren't getting it. So I came up with this really great idea. Where is the number one place in the school where a kid learns about the environment? Not in the classroom. Everything is hands-on for me. If you want to learn something, go out and do it. They learn in the school's butterfly garden. So two years ago, I was elected to serve as a student representative on the Broward County School Board. Um, I think there were more people that voted in that than the last soil and water board election. Right. Um, so when I was elected to the Broward County School Board, I really wanted to do a deep dive analysis of each school and figure out things like that. Um, so what ended up happening was I realized they learn in their school's butterfly garden. Every school has one. The problem was that they were being run down. There were no sponsors. There was no money coming back into the garden because... What happens on your front lawn if you're not consist consistently mowing or you're not watering your plants, they're going to die. The butterflies aren't going to come. So one of the first things I want to talk about when we get to Tallahassee in the legislature is getting a grant for this district 
to go ahead and invest money in our school's butterfly gardens. Teachers then can sign up to take their kids to go learn there, and the Soil and Water District could then provide a K through 12 friendly curriculum to help educate kids on the different types of plants and trees. Like I said, South Florida is the perfect place because you can take all the diversity of the different plants and trees and put them into a cohabiting butterfly garden for the kids to go ahead and learn. So I pitched that to all my former colleagues on the Broward County School Board. They loved it. I got their endorsement in this election and the support of our teachers union, which is something so big because, you know, teachers really mold uh, our children into what they're going to do in the future and how they're going to treat their families and more importantly, treat their environment. So now we have a really great opportunity to go ahead and work with the school board and get into our schools and really find out what's going on in those butterfly gardens. Some of them are perfectly up to par, but especially in a lot of underdeveloped and underfunded neighborhoods, those butterfly gardens haven't been looked at in years. Okay. So that's the first place I want to start. That's a great answer, and um, it's uh, it's pretty cool because I had no clue, you know, that 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 was something that uh, you were into and you've been pushing for and you've been working on. And the two things that um, have become very apparent to me, um, and I always refer to the last twelve months because before the last twelve months, I was one of the persons that could see the destruction of wildlife because I'm a fishing guide. I'm on the water 200 days a year, so I see things, you know, way more in detail and way more consistently than others. But what I was having such a hard time with was, okay, how do we take what we know, spread it, duplicate it, and then um, to unite people to have the same philosophy about the outdoors. You know what I mean? Like, I think for the longest time, guys like you and me weren't the norm. And what I mean by that is you had all these environmental nutters that would scream holy hell and ask for these crazy demands. And, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, here we go again, another environmental nutter. And that's changed now. Where there's no environmental nutters anymore, it's more commonplace and because of that people will are looking to be educated because it's hard it's yeah. hard to know what's failing out there and then it's really hard to know what to do about it so having the youth having the younger learn early in my opinion, is going to be the key, key to success because this isn't a short-term fix. This is going to take a decade or so to fix South Florida and to change the way counties grow here, not only in Florida, but in all coastal communities. And it's going to take people like you, the younger generation, one, to learn it, two, to change, your, change everybody's priorities, and then three, to implement and the implementation process is something that's definitely going to have to come from the youth. Now, what would you implement if you were took this office tomorrow? What would be the first thing? What would you be your number one priority? Now, I know you told me to go to Tallahassee and get the money. 
Let's assume you were able to do that. From there, where would you go? I would then work with the board on a deep dive analysis. What are we doing wrong? What are our cities doing wrong? I want each city to have one thing they're doing wrong. I want to find a way to fix that thing. Every city has their flaws, whether it be they had a commission at the time that wanted the cheap way out or they simply just don't know. Some cities have thousands of employees. My city only has 10. The city of Weston operates with 10 employees. There is no way for them to know. I want the Soil and Water Board to step in and fix that. Fix what they don't know. And if the supervisors directly don't know themselves, there are questions you could ask me that I'll tell you I don't know the answer to. Right. But if we were able to have the money, we would be able to get the right people in there to know. That is what we need to do. We need to be working with each city and making sure they are doing the right thing. Another issue I'm really passionate about and that I think needs to be at the forefront of everything is the state of Florida identified 13 counties here that are hot spots for manatees. Broward County, I think, is number two, right next to Miami-Dade and Palm Beach. We strike down more manatees each year alone than any of our fellow counties. Absolutely. And the biggest problem is, is you see these signs that say, beware of manatees, but you don't see signs that tell you who to call when you strike down a manatee or what to do when you strike down a manatee. The average manatee lives 60 to 70 years. In Broward County and the state of Florida, the average manatee lives 12 to 13 years. Our wildlife and ecosystem around us are dying and their lives are being shortened. This board needs to do something about it. I'm sick and tired of them sitting on their hands when we could have been doing this years ago. I have a lot more tomorrows than yesterdays, unlike a lot of people that are sitting in these seats. Right, right. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, since you're so... Let's just say, for an 18-year-old, you're so into this. And this is something that's so common and has been going on for so long. And I wanted to, I wanted to hear what you have to say about it. And let's use Fort Lauderdale, the city of Fort Lauderdale, for instance. city of Fort Lauderdale, in the last 10 months, since the record-breaking sewage spills, really has not done anything in order to rehabilitate the waterways that were so devastated. And it wasn't necessarily a cash problem. And I'll tell you how I see this. They paid a company almost $400,000 to do some surveys. Then they paid another company $400,000 to supposedly go out in these small John boats and clean up the waterways. Dude, they're John boats. These guys have pool skimmers. The $400,000 was completely wasted. After you have a sewage spill that breaks every record ever recorded, you really don't need a survey company to come in and tell you that everything is fucked up. But we spent $800,000 on nothing in the first, it's been 10 months since the big sewage spill. How do, you, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm sure that's obvious, but how do you see that changing? Because I see so much money being spent, waste, wasted, and it kills me. There's a big problem when it comes to, like I said, politics and the environment. A lot of these companies, if you ever trace what packs they're tied to, usually end up making donations to certain 
whether it be commissioners or candidates, and I'm not going to say any names or speak ill of anyone, but that's what usually happens, especially when you live on a coastal community. For example, I live in an Everglades-like community, so a lot of our, you know, environment packs, quote-unquote, make a lot of donations to preserve the Everglades, and then those packs are tied to big sugar or big development or big pharma, too, sometimes. So it's just all these packs that get to hide behind a name then make donations, and then when it comes to the city commission to take a vote on which vendor they are going to use, what ends up happening is they feel pressured because, you know, next election cycle, that PAC might donate to their opponent if they don't vote yes, or they want the money for the next cycle. And in the state of Florida, what happens is, for the political side is, they can keep whatever money. So if I raise $10,000 today, and let's say on the last day of the election, I've only spent 5000 I could then run for a different seat somewhere else, anywhere in the state of Florida, and take the $5,000 I raised while I was soil and water supervisor, and then run for Congress, or anywhere I want. So this money continuously accumulates. So it's kind of like a game. What can I vote on to get the money? So when you vote on that, and then it passes, and then they you know, get the check, and they go out and do these things there really is no accountability to it. There's not a contract that says, this is what I want and this is what I'm getting. It says, I paid you to do the job. And then the company says, well, I turn, turn, they turn around and they said, well, I did the job. There's nothing that specifies what I was exactly supposed to do. So when you see the guys out with pool skimmers, there's nothing that specifies that they're supposed to be using anything else because these contracts are so poorly put together and general counsel is also looking the other way because general counsel is probably also getting paid off on it too. That's the problem. We are mixing politics and the environment. I think politics is fine for everything else, every other op issue, but when you mix politics and the environment, it is a true disaster. Dude, it was a pleasure having you here in the Lunker Dog Studios. Um, I commend you for the for the energy. I love um, at such a young age that you're you're taking this focus, and um, I think you answered a lot of the people that asked me about this seat and what they should do. And um, you've helped educate people, you, you, which I believe is, is is part of the process. But before we wrap up, is there anything that um, you personally? would like people to know or understand that I didn't go over with you here in this interview. Understand that just because something is the status quo doesn't mean we should keep doing it. A lot of things that are the status quo, um, they end up hurting us a lot more than things that, you know, we just kind of go with. And that's the major problem. Um, if you want to learn more about me, you can visit my website. It's Bo4Broward, and then the four is like the number. But if you also type in FOR, it'll take you to the same site. Um, that's all about me. Cast your ballot on or before November 3rd. Early voting starts today. Um, I think we have about 14 early voting locations all throughout the county, and it doesn't matter which location you walk into. They will have a ballot custom to your precinct. Um, it stops November 1st, so November 2nd is the one day within the next couple weeks that you cannot vote. And then if you requested a vote by mail ballot, and for some odd reason everybody doesn't trust vote by mail this year, you can take that to an early polling place. But you cannot take that ballot to your election site on election day. 
Okay, so a little bit, a little bit of voting advice. Dude, thanks for coming in here. Um, I hope it won't be the last time we'll be paying attention to what happens with you going forward. Good luck up there in Tallahassee and the rest of your education. And um, I just appreciate you being on the podcast. And I, I would like all the other youngsters out there um, to have the same type of energy that you're putting in. And I think together we can make a difference. So thanks so much and run that dog. Thank you.